this pleases me. Oh, yeah. This pleases me. This. Smart Home Technology. Technology. Alexa, please turn the heating up. I'm very cold. After that, please play. Digger Digger. Oh no, 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 no. I do not want this. Alexa, stop. Smart Homes. Stupid people. Smart Homes. Smart Homes, stupid people. Smart Homes, stupid people. Smart Homes. Stupid people. Smart Homes. Smart Homes, stupid people. Das war einer der Marke Feucht. Hello everybody. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Smart Home Stupid People. My name is Eris. Hello, I'm Madeline. Let's <laughs> get a little closer to the oh, mic. Oh, a I little know, closer to little the mic. Closer. For yes. the people in the audio world so that they can hear us better because we are now <laughs> not only on Rockfin Rumble, Twitch, DLive and Telegram, but also in the audio world, we are on Podbean. So for any of you guys listening to us on Podbean, you can ask questions. Hmm. And uh, we're not going to bring in callers yet. But in the future, we will be. And you'll be able to call us via Podbean and be a part of the show that way. So today, we're going to be talking about stress. As we have <laughs> labeled this episode already, stressful paradigms. Mm. Maddie has a lot to say about stress. I think this is <laughs> going to be the episode where Maddie really shines. Because uh, her upcoming book. Yeah. What's it called? Oh, you have, a, you have a German name. What does it loosely translate to in English? Yeah, like kind of the unbelievable power of nature, how stress shows animals and plants the direction, the right way. So yeah. stress as a more positive Exactly. How thing. we find our way mm. through stress. Yeah. Stress is not just there to annoy <laughs> us. It's actually a, a guide. It's, yeah. uh, it's something that... Um, tells us that uh, the world is in constant flux and we have to adapt. Yeah. And if we don't, we'll get left behind. And life gets very miserable very quickly when you don't adapt and you choose to believe that uh, what's happening around you doesn't, uh, doesn't have anything to do with you, right? Mm. So um, Also a nice example how words are, get mixed up over time and how they get different meanings. And at this, the end, no one knows anymore what it actually really means. So stress is a very nice example for that. That's right. Uh, it's it's funny. Um, I speak a few languages, and there's something in the German language uh, or Germanic languages called Werner's uh, Regel or English Werner's Law, mm -hmm. and it uh, explains a lot of the um, morphology within the English within Germanic languages, right? And a lot of people don't really know that French is actually traditionally a Celtic slash Germanic language, mm -hmm. and it became so heavily Latinized that we now actually put it more into the group of Latin-based languages. But uh, a small little example, just to, to explain what, uh, what that means, because it's then going to be put into the context of stress, mm -hmm. is that um, the word in English, you, Y-O-U, it's um, very similar to, in German, you have du, right? Mm -hmm. It's not dude. 
<laughs> I had a friend of mine listening to uh, to me speak German. He's like, you're always saying, dude, is that like how you guys talk? I said, well, no, kind of. I mean, yeah, I, I, I put dude in there too, even when I speak German. But uh, realistically, it's, it's do. Do is you. Uh, when <laughs> I know. In French, it's tu. In uh, Norwegian, it's du. In Icelandic, it's thu. In mm. Afrikaans, it's ye. Ooh, that one's a bit different. Mm -hmm. And that's the funny thing is that why does it sometimes go f like you can you can kind of see you to do do it's like it 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 kind mm -hmm. of fits together and then all of a sudden you get something on a left field <laughs> where it's like yeah and it's like what the hell are they doing it's it's awful because in Icelandic yeah is uh, I oh, yeah. and in Afrikaans yeah is you right and uh, the reason why I say this because the vowels the way that they morph over time. It's very interesting. There's a, there's a nice simple rule and construct that you can actually kind of apply to it to try and do two things. One, imagine what maybe a, a dead language used to sound like, specifically in the Germanic world. Mm -hmm. You could see things like the word, the syllables, like the vowels, they constantly get just jumbled around. You have the word home, which is an O sound. Mm -hmm. And then you go to German and you have heim, right? And then you go to Icelandic and you have him. And the a, the I becomes an A. This is a big thing in Germanic languages. Hmm. But sometimes it also becomes an O. It, it, it's constantly morphing. And this has a lot to do with the fact that German, Celtic, Scandinavian cultures, they're, they're all right beside one another. And their languages constantly morphed over time because of the amount of um, interaction that they had with one another. Hmm. And this is a law of nature. That's why I want to say that because it, it's a very natural. You see this even with birds, how they change their dialects. Yeah. Sometimes true. because of their environment, they're they're too close to a highway, so they change the way that they talk, so that yeah. everybody else could could hear them. Or there's too much predation, so they have to learn to speak quicker. So they <laughs> they start shortening things. You know, just like we do in English quite often. I will becomes I'll, right? In in, in Icelandic, you have thuert, which becomes ertu. And it's it's a lot of these little tiny things. I think in Iceland they started uh, conjuncting things because it's just too cold to talk. <laughs> they just you know they even do this weird thing where they kind of like inhale and talk sometimes like yo right. <laughs> they sound like a weird frog. Yeah. But uh, the point is is that um, these these funky laws that you actually see in the linguistic world, I, I see very similar laws applied all over the spectrum. You know, mm. um, and now we're going to apply it to stress. Mm. So, how would you like to apply it to stress? <laughs> <laughs> well, from what I've understood is that these kind of vowels are flip-flopping yes. amongst different languages. Well, let's even take the German dialects. Yeah. This is a really good one. So uh, in, in German, high German, yeah. we'll have, um, let's let's take something really simple. The I and the E sound, right? You even see this with English, with the New Zealands. They always just say E. It's never head, it's heed. Right? <laughs> I know, I, uh, <laughs> you know. And um, with uh, with German, you have uh, something like leg, which is bein. Mm -hmm. And in Madeline's dialect, they say bein, bein, <laughs> you know. <laughs> my legs, they'll like, instead of saying like meine beine, they'll say meine, meine beine. Meine beine. You know, yeah. and, and like, it's, it's funny because you see the Berlin center, like inner city, they don't really do that. Uh, they have different funky things they do in the Berlinerish uh, mm. dialect. And the Brandenburg dialect, which is right beside it, they do that. And and we're talking like a couple kilometers separation. Obviously, mm -hmm. the, the I'm sure the Berlin Wall had something to do with that. that they didn't have too much communication with one another. Nope. Right? <laughs> and, and then you and it's, sometimes it's like that. You just go a couple kilometers over in that direction. Yeah. And very hard differences are recognized. And you're like, ooh, 
Well, maybe to pick up on that, I think a big thing is because sometimes people just don't listen, right? And then maybe pick up some, you know, they, they, they listen, they hear a word and then, then try to remember it and then they pronounce it in a different way. And that's how it yep. gets passed wrong, right? And this is actually where we can start with stress now because that's something that happened to that word. And when I started my, my book... Well, actually, sorry, to cut yeah, you off for a second, sure. um, because this is actually really uh, applying to your book and to the linguistic thing as well. Mm -hmm. And that is, it's not just that somebody didn't... It, it, sometimes the education's not there. And a classic example is that uh, the way that the English language and many Germanic languages um, developed over time had to do with the kingdom they were a part of. Mm -hmm. And the kingdom, when it was taken over by the Romans, uh, the language of the of the, of the the people, the aristocrats, was typically a very Latin-based language. And the commoners had a very Germanic language and were not allowed to read and write. It was mm. banned. Mm. And so in the areas where reading and writing was banned, you see a lot of this, this crazy stuff happening. Oh, yeah. Because okay. generationally, yeah. they no longer have the ability to write down crazy rules like accusative, dative, genitive, <laughs> these kind of things, right? And crazy so rules. it just gets mixed together. Yeah. And in the science world, I see the exact same thing. <laughs> so take, take it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to sit aside now. I can even mute my microphone. No, no, no. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So maybe I'll just start with a second book that was something I was really, you know, that was my idea. The first book was more, uh, that topic was brought to me and I liked it. It was about the communication in nature. It was the second book. I I was thinking, you now what kind of topic we can choose for the for the next book the publisher was asking me you want to write another book I said sure and, you know I had a couple ideas but then all of a sudden I, like I said you know I want to write about stress and I don't know why at that moment I didn't even know why but it really was a good decision because once I started looking deeper into the whole topic where does stress come from what does it mean what is it in from the point of view of nature is there anything we can learn from stress and how do animals and plants react to stress what is a stressor? What is a stress response? Is it all the same? So there were all of a sudden so many questions and I really dove <laughs> into it. Like, And yeah, it, it opened up a huge universe for me and took me yeah, two and a half years actually till now. So end of September, I'll give a, a hand in my manuscript. So it's almost there. I'm almost done with it. And to really go through all this stuff, I, I felt like I'm going crazy. And it's funny because there is there I found a couple <laughs> a couple manuscripts where scientists from maybe the twentieth century early twentieth century that try to explain what stress is what does it really mean and one really wrote like I don't know if you have to be a, a fool or a, like a um, absolute um, I say like you're totally. Uh, believe that you're a genius or you're just stupid if you try to consider what is stress. You know, it was like that that summary of it's just so hard to explain that word and it, you you are you are going crazy over it. <laughs> That's absolutely how I felt. It's funny. I, I, I've seen that in my industry so many times too where uh, someone comes along with a new idea yeah. and everybody else says, that's too difficult to mm -hmm. try and even comprehend. Mm -hmm. So don't bother. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that. But I mean, it, you know, it's just the word. And for me, the, the, the main idea behind that was when I was in Frankfurt in, um, for my PhD studies with the rabbits, I didn't like that city at all. I felt absolutely out of place. I didn't like the the, the vibe. The, it felt weird to me just to be there. Everything was just so busy and it's a very financially, yeah, like finances is, is a big thing in Frankfurt. 
And I just felt like totally... it's uh, financially driven, you mean, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah, the banks and all that is it really makes the character of that city. And I was I felt just out of place there. I was living in Berlin before and just moved there for my PhD. And right from the beginning, I said, "Well, this is not what I want to do, <laughs> but what well, where I want to live." But I liked the the PhD topic, so I stayed. But over the time, I got huge health health issues. My stress went under the roof. My hair was falling out. Through, I lost through the roof. Through the roof. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm still. It's still not my my first language, but I'm trying. But and when I'm all, getting excited, all, I know, I you get excited. Yeah. It's the same thing when I when I'm speaking German. That yeah. sometimes I, I just mix things or I say things yeah. that that are clearly English. It's clearly English slang or <laughs> whatever, and I German, just adopt it. Yeah, and then people look at me and they're like. I don't know if I like that. I, I kind of understand what you're talking about. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, no, it's it makes harder absolutely. So I try to slow down a little. <laughs> I try to <laughs> think more what I'm saying. So yeah, my I was stressed. Just I put it that way. Was not sleeping well. I lost weight, and my my eyes were twitching, and it got so bad to the point where I had a nervous breakdown. I couldn't work anymore, and uh, yeah, it 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 literally just became better when I left Frankfurt. When I moved like away from that city, I felt so much better, and I don't know what it was. And that that incident or that phenomena really bothered me. And and I was like, is that feeling of being wrong somewhere? Is that maybe already a, a sign of stress that I could have, you know, I could have just left right from the beginning if I would have believed in my feeling. And maybe that was already a sign for me that this place is not the right place for me. That is too stressful, and <laughs> I won't make it there. So that was the, the main main topic I wanted to explore. What is stress and could be the feeling for you living somewhere that, where you don't want to live? Is that already a sign of stress? And would, should you react on that or should you adapt? What is adaptation? Mm -hmm. So that how I started. And the first thing what I had to do was to define what is stress. And that, whew, <laughs> that was uh, absolutely an undertaking. Yeah. An undertaking. I was calling a um, couple of friends of mine, a scientist, uh, Bernds, <laughs> who was studying in his PhD the the stress of uh, fish in aquaculture. So he was testing the reaction of the fish to different temperatures and like oxygen levels and to see what actually happens to them when they are under stress. And then I called him and said, you know, Ben, I would like to write a book about stress. Can you explain me what stress is? And he said, no. <laughs> So it's like, oh, what you you wrote a PhD about it? I said, yeah. All I can tell you is that there are so many concepts about stress and so many argumentations of what it is and what it is not. So right. if he said, if you know what stress is, please call me and let me know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, if you ask me now what is stress, then I would give you the answer from the evolutionary point of view, which I found in a paper of a scientist, and I really found this concept. Uh, convincing because it was simple and it fits to every organism whether it was a bacteria or plant or an animal sure uh, i think um i like i know the story a little bit already yeah um <laughs> I, it a thousand I, times <laughs> yeah I, th I think it's important to say that mm -hmm. uh, just like dialects and languages um what is the difference between a dialect and a language uh, that's something that i asked myself when i first moved here because sometimes dialects are pretty much a language until somebody puts a stamp on it. Mm -hmm. It's it, it's sometimes it's so extreme that that you kind of eventually have to just cut it and say this is something different now. And I see this in um you know in the English world a lot people bickering about this word this word means that and this is why it means that don't change it and people get very 
you know, they're, they're not easy when, you know, they're, they're, mm. they become very stressed when other people <laughs> begin um, changing the mm -hmm. meaning of something that mm -hmm. they had in their mind already married mm -hmm. a concept to. Yeah. And you see that all over the German world. Yeah. Like you, you see even just the way that we use articles uh, in Saxony in contrast to up here in, in the north. Mm -hmm. it, it sometimes it hurts to even hear other dialects because it just either it just sounds so weird or mm -hmm. it sounds like cavemen talking <laughs> <laughs> like the Saxons. And uh, exactly right. Um, and, 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 I, and I say this because um, one of the big stories about the stress that Maddie's going to get into has a lot to do with dialect. That's why I started out like this, mm -hmm. because uh, stress originally comes from um, a Hungarian, I believe it was. Did you want to talk about that first? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or do you want to talk absolutely. about your the definition that you found first? This is why I'm putting it forward. No, maybe first what it meant from the beginning. So who invented that word? Yeah, that's what yeah. I think too. So well, that's actually where I started, right? So right. who invented that word? And I found... Um, Hans Hugo Zeye, he was a uh, um, Hungarian, but also like, uh, he, I think he was born in Vienna, but had Hungarian. Uh, well, back then, like we're talking 18 yeah, something. Vienna. Yeah, so, so it was yeah, the Austro-Hungarian Empire. It was so one country, essentially. That was the, that, that region where he came from. Mm. And then he started medicine and went to Montreal where he wanted to study, actually, he wanted to find a new hormone. That's how everything started. So he had his la little uh, laboratory rats where he put or injected uh, a solution that he took from cow ovaries. So he wanted to find a new hormone from the cows, put them into the rats. I know it's already crazy this? enough. I mean, Ooh, yeah, uh, it's, it's uh, crazy. Uh, there's a, there comes a time when you have to ask yourself <laughs> objectively, yeah. what the fuck is going to, like, you know what I mean? Like, Scientists, we, we, right? we have all this science <laughs> that comes out of catastrophes, you know, and, yeah. and at the same time, in the end, we're asking ourselves, what what does it mean to have a good quality life? And it just sometimes these things just boggle mm -hmm. me, right? Because because. Yeah. And that anyway. decision really kind of, you know, made up the whole concept of stress and also what we think about stress now yeah. nowadays. Because so, well, you know, injected that into the rats and what he saw that the rats, well, he didn't do so well with this. <laughs> they, um, if they, if the dose was really high, they died. And then so after he dissected it and had a look at it. I just, I, I think of that really, from my point of yeah. view, it's like, I'm looking at it from, from really externally. And, yeah. I'm, and there's a guy and he's like, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna torture this little animal, mm -hmm. and after and then while he's torturing him, they're like, he's like looking at his colleagues. He's like, holy shit, he, he's not doing too well. <laughs> and then they're like, well, what is that? I don't know. I was just torturing him, and, and now he's just he's not happy. Yeah. What's going on? Let's we need, we we need to define this so that we understand how to yeah. do this later. All right. Yeah. Well, so we could quantify it and sell it. You know, medicine wasn't that far yet. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But absolutely, that's what I thought. Like, how can you up with, come up with this idea? But what he found was kind of interesting if you put aside all that cruelty. <laughs> so he uh, opened up the rats <laughs> and he saw there was always uh, a called, so-called syndrome. So he had three main things that changed in these rats. And it was always that the... Um, the, 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 the um, Nebendier, what is that? The, the small kidneys. We have the kidneys and there's a little kidney on top of it. The adrenals, I think. The adrenal glands? The adrenal glands, yeah. I don't know. They're called adrenal glands. And they were swollen, so that was one thing. And it, he also um, found that the, 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 the thymus... The thyroids. The, the thyroids mm -hmm. <laughs> were uh, kind of, yeah, um, shrink. They shrank. Yeah. They shrank. And also bleeding in the intestines. And the thing is, with, no matter what he put into the rats, if he put like chemi um, chemicals or these solutions from the cows or also 
ex um, if he exposed them to heat or even to high um, intensive exercise, you know, let the red, mm -hmm. reds run, they always showed these three symptoms. And that was bothering that mm -hmm. um, that scientist, Fugose, and he was asking why, what, where does that come from? What is the cause of it? And he called the reaction of um, the reds, the um, adapta adaptation syndrome. That was actually kind of the first definition of stress. This reaction was an um, non non-specific adaptation syndrome. Sorry, God. <laughs> very, mm -hmm. very scientific. And so he had the problem, like, there. that was where the whole flip-flopping of words started. He, he said he was not clear, you know, is that what happens to the rat, is that the stress or is the reaction in the rat the stress? And well, let's back it up a second. Yeah. Um, where does that word come from? So yeah, stress is actually... Um, so he was thinking how to, you know, how to define it how and to label how, how to crazy, label uh, this craziness, you know? N what was it? NSDS or whatever he called it? Non... Um, uh, Non-specific adaptation syndrome. <laughs> NSAS. <laughs> oh, there's a different yeah. abbreviation, abbreviation for that in, in English. But nevertheless, he was looking for one word. I like if there was word. an extra A in there. It could have just been NASA. <laughs> <laughs> he was just looking for one word, you know, and then yeah. so I thought maybe I'll, I'll, you know, how does the sci uh, the the physics in, in how is it in in, in physics? Mm -hmm. They had the word stress, and there the word stress meant actually to put a force onto a mechanical um, spring, so that. So yeah, we're talking now about so the, spring, uh, the, right? the 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 um in in the world of engineering. Yeah, when you have like a leaf spring on a vehicle. The, the the word used in a in, in when that leaf spring bends is called stress. So the the stress of the metal, the stress of no, the no, steel. No, no, no. If you put stress onto the thing, this yeah. is the stress. That, the well, the that, force from outside. So th right? this is this is where the complication now occurs. <laughs> right, but not yeah. just with us. We're talking about the origins of the complication. Um, what is the stress resistance in something? What is the stress being applied to it? Mm -hmm. And is it under stress? Yeah. So there you know? was. Yeah. So all of a sudden you're thinking this word is both the action and yeah. the reaction. And, but the whole point that I want to make clear mm -hmm. was that stress in biology came from stress in metallurgy. They took it from that field yeah. and said, um, we're going to say that we're applying pressure. So we're going to call it stress, essentially. Yeah, it's it's way more complicated than that, but essentially mm -hmm. that's how Zayas said. Okay, well, you know, maybe I'll just use the same wording than the the uh, in, how it is in physics. So you have the the metal spring. Can you call it like that? Yeah. And whatever you you kind of if you put the force on it, this is the stress. You know, like kind of push it together, or you yeah. kind of maybe want to pull it out, um, pull it pull apart. apart. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then you have the reaction so, of the uh, of the spring, which is the strain. Yeah. So the str the spring wants to stay in a, in a, in its neutral state. Yes. And when you apply pressure to pull or push, yeah. they originally called that adding stress. Yeah. Yes. Right. And the reaction of that spring is the strain. So yes. he liked that idea, and he said, "Well, okay, maybe it is the same with my rats. You know, I have the stress, which is the the." The, the chemicals I add to them or the exercise I put mm -hmm. them through, this is the stress. And the reaction of the rat is the strain. So the, you know, the bleeding intestines and all that, that's the strain. Right. So he liked this, uh, <laughs> he liked this concept. And so he went on to tours and like talking about his idea. And all of a sudden he saw an article in the British Medical Journal where they kind of, you know, were joking around, oh, the Hugo Zay, he had a new invention or he found something that is actually causing himself, like stress is causing stress. Mm -hmm. So they were kind of joking 
about him that he called that he said, well, how can stress can cause stress? How can well, it cause itself? Let's let's first say that he's Hungarian was his native tongue. And then he go. went to Quebec <laughs> to learn French, which is not a good idea to begin with. And then he went to <laughs> France to give a presentation in French. Well, now you're you're jumping a little too ahead, but the the point was well, yeah. when was this article written? I thought this was after his French presentation. No, no, it has nothing to do with the French presentation. You're mixing up things now. Ah, I was reading <laughs> but, something on screen and I yeah. just got completely sidetracked. I'll just let <laughs> you do it. your you work. Just let me do the work. Exactly. I'm the expert here. <laughs> But basically, just to to sum it up, yeah. So he liked that, uh, you know, that idea of stress and strain. He was talking about this in his con uh, in his conferences and said, "Yeah, I put stress on the red, and the strain was the reaction." And but as you said, he was not a native uh, English speaking person. So and then he all of a sudden he saw that article where they were joking about his research that stress is causing stress, and he said, "Where does how does that happen where does that come from because i specifically said stress is causing strain you know mm -hmm. and then he was like stress strain he kind of spoke it out loud a couple of times but and was he this realized, when he was speaking english or french no english okay. it had nothing to do with french I, I i was under the impression that the issue happened because of the french no that's a different story oh no he just oh. his english was just so bad and he was kind of so mumbling. we're talking about the english culture first okay good. yeah good, so good, just good. just the word stress and strain right right these words he used and in when he said that it's like stress, strain, stress, strain, all of a sudden he was not so clear anymore. And somehow they picked it up wrong. And then all of a sudden it says, you know, stress causes stress. So strain was kind of gone. Mm. And then it was like, oh, what I'm going to do what, now. What year was this again? <laughs> um, so the exact year, I don't really know where that one, when this happened, but he wrote his book, um, The Stress of Life in 1976. Where he so kind late. Of, I thought it was earlier. No, when he kind of really, um, really presented all his research about that, right? Okay, so Austro-Hungarian Empire, you can put to the side. It was uh, that, that, that this was Yeah, after. but he was like born in Vienna and had a, a Hungarian background as well. Okay. So, and yeah, but then he was like, okay, what I'm going to do now? Now everyone thinks that stress is causing stress and everything is mixed up. What should I do? So he thought, okay, maybe I'll put a new word into the play. I Now... He said, okay, whatever happens to the rat, this is the stressor. And whatever happens in the rat is stress. <laughs> and that is where, you know, the bad reputation of stress started. Because, well, if you remember what happened to the rats, they were bleeding internally. Everything was shrinking and they just looked horrible. <laughs> so all of a sudden, this the suffering poor little rat was mm. linked to the word stress, right? And that's how the whole thing started. So you can still hear that in our nowadays language today. If you say, I'm stressed, you know, I'm getting like ulcers. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm like, um, yeah, I'm getting sick from stress, mm. all that. So this is how it started to, to become connected. Yeah. Well, it's funny because obviously the, the in, in metallurgy, uh, you, stress already had uh, a, a context. It was all and so nice. all of a sudden we're flip flopping it for <laughs> yeah. biology. Not only, not really for biology. It was just really the flip flopping because someone picked up the wrong um, well, wording. Well, certainly, yeah. but, but then yeah, all of a sudden certainly. it became a thing. Where... Yeah, and then became a thing because he could have just tried to correct it, right? Mm -hmm. But he thought, okay, it might happen again because stress and stress and strain is so similar. Just call it stress and. St Stress, mm. <laughs> which is also not much better. So I can tell you, it was. Uh, I, I, I don't see people walking around going, uh, "Oh, I'm affected by stressors." <laughs> yeah, it was also, and he kind of, kind of split the scientific world with that. Some we just kept the the old um, way to see it. You know, yeah. they they said, "Okay, um, stress strains me," and others just say, "Oh, stresses stress me." So yeah. just 
I don't know. You don't need to uh, remember all that stuff. It was just a whole mess. Well, to put it's it a mess like now because when you, uh, I, I've seen her do this and I've done it with her. When you yeah. read modern scientific papers, mm-hmm. you got to really understand what context they're using yeah, that word in to understand, hard. are they talking about the action or the reaction? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. What's going on here? And this is how the whole history with that word kind of went on and on because no one really, you know, was was clear with this, what the stress and what the stress is. They were flip-flopping yep. it all the time. And um, he also further um, later on in his career because uh, Hugo Seyer, he was very successful, right? He published a lot of papers, but at the end of his life, he was still a little sad because his huge, um, his huge discovery stress was really... Um, well, like people didn't like stress, <laughs> and it also had to do with, um, yeah, first of all, the rats, right? That he put them under under so much um, stress. <laughs> Obviously, now I'm saying it wrong. I don't know. And it's funny in English you could say to be put under strain. I mean, yeah. you know, he put them under so much strain. That... There were so many stresses to yeah. them, right? Of course, Awful. they they had these bad reactions. There's nothing that would happen to you in real life. I don't know. I I can't see a rat, you know, being affected by the solutions of the cow ovary. <laughs> In the, in the free world so it was right from the beginning just an endeavor that was doomed to to become something just crazy yeah and um but say was actually sad about this because he knew that the reaction of the rats was just a very natural reaction to um a, a, a stress factor uh, uh, right? uh, yeah an external it stimulation yeah, it was or an external stimulation yeah. and he also found out that it has a lot to do with the intensity of the stimulus if he put too much um, chemi- chem- chemistry into the rats, if he put them under... Chemicals, you mean. Chemicals, yeah, yeah. sorry. <laughs> um, if it was just too much heat for them, then they they showed these changes in their body and their diet. But if he was a little careful with the dosage and just, you know, just as much that they were able to survive, he actually realized that after they went through this stressor, they um, become... They became more resistant. So the next time he did the same shit to them, mm-hmm. <laughs> they were not so um, affected to it. So he obviously said, "Well, you know, it kind of it, it kind of makes them hard. It kind of it, right. it makes them more resistant." And so he really liked that idea. And he was sad that people said uh, saw stress in, in the pub, uh, public eye so negatively. So negatively, absolutely. That's why he absolutely, tried to yeah. to change the that opinion. Uh, that uh, sorry, I'm a little. Uh, <laughs> Maybe because I talked a lot this week on interviews and stuff. I know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show that in a second. Yeah. Uh, but finish your thought. Yeah. So he just tried to to change that opinion, and he started to talk about positive and negative stress, right? So right. he said oysters uh, and the distress. But the same mistake again. He didn't really clarify what is distress and what is eustress. He just said. Yeah, maybe, you know, something positive happens and you are excited and then through that ex- excitement, you also yeah. have a reaction in your body that you could actually say it's stress or um, the, 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 the like a euphoric reaction mm-hmm. is the positive stress. So he was not clear with this again. And <laughs> so people just mixed up and no one really knows what is positive and negative. So what does that really mean? Right. So now all of a sudden, yeah. exactly, not only do we have a word that is the same word for the action and the reaction, but it's also a spectrum (laughs) on both sides for action and reaction that has a negative and positive implication. Even maybe one little funny story, um, what also happened to him, they really jumped onto that whole stress 
horse to ride it as it's, you know, there's no tomorrow. <laughs> there right. was also the tobacco industry who approached Saya and said, you know, if you can show that actually stress kills us and not smoking, <laughs> that would be amazing. We would pay you for that research, right? Oh, no. And back then, I think he also kind of agreed to it, but it kind of got wishy-washy. He probably got like a lifetime unlimited smokes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 I found that actually funny to say, you know, you can smoke, no no problem, but don't have any stress that will kill you, <laughs> just like the rats uh, in the laboratory. There we, but that's another thing, too, is actually, yeah, you're right in that sense that um, stress in itself is actually today used as yeah. uh, a term to describe negative yeah. effects. Or not even effects, sorry, negative, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Stimulation. Yeah, well, if you say I have stress, that implies that you are, you know, mm -hmm. suffering or you're not well or, um, yeah, so... To round that up, that was actually the first part of my whole book to really understand where the stress word comes from. And then to figure out there are so many misunderstandings and so many flip-flopping. Is there only, is there one definition that we can use to work with, right? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> so huh? then I was looking into um, what is stress in terms of biology and nowadays, how is the definition? Again, millions of thoughts, definitions, everything was just like thrown into different theories, nothing nothing clear, as you always say, in doubt, if in doubt, spread confusion. Yeah, right. That was exactly it. And then I, I found one evolutionary biologist, uh, Patricia, Patricia Schulte is her name. She is a professor of zoology at the University in Vancouver. And she said the same thing, you know, like we need to find a definition for stress that covers all the theories, all the ideas that we have, but also that covers every living organism. And so she said, what about stress always um, comes up when the fitness goes down? And I was thinking about it. And then more and more, I like that concept. And just to give you an idea about fitness, I think we explained it in one of the older okay. Um, episodes, but maybe just well, briefly. Well, before you jump into that, oh, yeah. Yeah. let's let's go through a couple things. So I'm going to write down. Oh, sorry, I got to stay close to the mic. I'm going to write down fitness yeah. right here, <laughs> so that uh, we can keep a structure to the program for a yeah, second. Yeah, you're good with that. I'm not. I'm wise. <laughs> somewhat. Um, so before we before we go off with that, there are a couple things I want to say. Um, first off, what she was talking about earlier is that she indeed. Hmm. I'm going to have to share our screen right now. Look at that studio time. Um, fancy stuff. Madeline was on Freeman Fly, hmm. the free zone, yeah. the other day. And it is ha it has just come out today. So you can see here at uh, freemantv.com that the latest episode, Born in Captivity with Dr. Madeline Sieger. Mm -hmm. um, also in audio form everywhere else. So in Spotify, Deezer, Napster, I don't fucking know. All the other audio platforms out there, you'll find Madeline. So in Apple and um, all the different Google stores and all that stuff, you'll find the free zone with free men fly and uh, Dr. Madeline Seeger being the latest episode. So yeah, that's fun. the first thing that we wanted to talk about. And that was cool because in this yeah. episode, she talked a lot about um, the the rabbits and um, like her what the uh, episode that we did a couple episodes ago about um, the, the, the 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 toilet talk. <laughs> right, where Madeline explained for about a, a good hour about uh, how rabbits communicate with uh, urine and feces. Amazing! I can talk about this. I know, and, <laughs> so and it was and, and on the on the free zone with Freeman Fly. It was put into such a cool yeah he perspective. Did, well. He did a good job uh, guiding, I think, the interview as well, because um, what really came out was this great view on how 
the what happens to the rabbits as uh, as kind of like a parallel to what's happening with people, mm. and and it really is one to one. I think that they're a great indicator as to what's going on in a, in, in an ecosystem. Yeah. They're pretty similar to us. In many Very ways. similar in mm. many ways, you know, um, ecosystem engineers and so on and so forth. Yeah. So that was uh, that was the first big news that I wanted to point out. Go to freemantv.com if you want the membership. You go up here, click on members, you log in, and you will get the second hour because yeah. it's a two-hour show. Yeah. And the first hour is for free, and the second hour you got to pay for. And uh, in the second hour, I'm actually in it with her. Yeah, because cool. uh, Yeah, because <laughs> Freeman and his uh, producer, Steve, Steve Mercer, had uh, seen smart home stupid people and thought it was such a great concept <laughs> that they, they wanted to put that into the second hour so the first hour was uh, madeline talking about the rabbits and the second hour was then going into the idea of 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 the smart home and and all this smart technology that's coming out and mm -hmm. are we doomed just like the rabbits to eventually um inevitably perhaps be eradicated by our own negligence yeah. Could it be that the more accommodating our environment <laughs> becomes, there we go. The more we lose the ability to take care of ourselves, because that is something that we see in the rabbit's population that they uh, migrated to a place where life was so easy, and then two years later they were just gone. Yeah, they lost the ability to flee. Mandy goes into big details about that in this uh, podcast, so go give it a listen. Yeah, there we go. That was the plug for today. <laughs> Next, I want to say that yes. uh, going back to the idea of stress. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, you have all these different words for you and you can see how they phonetically start going place to place. Mm. But there's actually a very interesting thing now is that it's not just for phonetic reasons that this happens. In, um, in the written, so Germanic languages were, were always written. A lot of people uh, don't really know this, but uh, the written language has been in the Germanic language and the Germanic and Scandinavian culture and Celtic culture for a long, long time. And if I put a number out there, people will get angry about it because it, people aren't in agreement as to how long written, um, written like the written language has actually really been there. But one thing I can say truthfully is the further you go back into the past, the more complicated and difficult it gets <laughs> with gram grammar and structure mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And you see that with the word you, as I mentioned, in French, tu, Norwegian, du, uh, in um, German, du, in uh, Icelandic, you have thu, and then all of a sudden you have in Afrikaans, yay. And you're thinking, <laughs> what the hell happened there? Well, let's go back to English for a second, right? Okay. And because this is now really relevant to what you're talking about. Okay. The printing press came out and the world changed forever. Um, in Germany, this was um, Luther, right? He ended up uh, publishing the, the the Bible, what we call now the Lutheran religion. Um, and because he had access to a printing press, he was able to impress the entire world and change the spectrum as far as religion is concerned in Northern Europe forever. Mm. Um, and the printing press did a lot of interesting things. Now, you have to also understand that all these different dialects and all these different cultures, they had different amount of letters in their alphabet. And, and actually, many of these cultures didn't have alphabets to begin with. Hmm. They had runic writing and um, different forms uh, of runic writing to begin with. So when the alphabet came up with the Romans, the Roman alphabet, when it came up, Old Latin had like 16 letters and uh, Norse at the time, Futhark had like 24. And they had, and you could even see this in, in um, even in English dialects. As I mentioned before, the, the Kiwis, the New Zealand people, it's always E 
right? Mm. You know, but, but, so they don't they don't tend to do the same thing as we do in North America with our vowels. How the O can be an O, it can be an A. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, the the U can be an U or it can be an U, depending on the dialect and all that stuff. Um, and so now with the printing press coming out. They all they had to they had to they had to make sense of it because these machines were expensive. Yeah, you couldn't go out making a letter for every dialect and for every <laughs> for every sound. So they started creating grammatic rules and then applying it to the printing press. And a good example is if any of you guys out there are going to say this, and I think a lot of people are going to be very disappointed. And I'm sorry about this. Mm-hmm. If you've ever gone to Ye Old Pub, there's no such thing as Ye. <laughs> <laughs> The Y was created in order to uh, replace the old um, letter called thon. And thon is uh, still today in Icelandic, and it's this weird D with a with like a loop in it, and the capital version of it kind of looks like a Y. And so mm. the printing press people said, let's just throw a Y in there and fuck it. Mm. Now, in the north, that's what they did. In the south, they made it into a TH. Hmm. And then you have the second TH sound in the Old Norse language and, and in all over Europe, which was edth. And edth is like, a, it looks like a weird D with an X over top of it. And when you make it capital, it's a big D with an X over the D, uh, the, the, the main line. And uh, so the same thing happened. They're like, just, just either replace it with a D mm. or a T because of the cross in it. Okay. Or a TH. And now you start to see these weird complexities. So what happened was, is in the beginning of the print, printing press, you had the Y being used. So Y-E was actually pronounced the or the or whatever you want to do with your with your <laughs> pronunciation of the vowel. But the point is, is that the, the Y-E was the, it was never ye, sorry. Um, but it's interesting now, because now when you start going towards other cultures with J's and Y's, Y is a very, very weird letter in German it's an u sound who the hell came Oops, up with on. yeah first it, yeah well the, the the letter is called uh in english in uh in old some people may have heard of epsilon uh which is funny because in mm-hmm. german the word for y is epsilon and whenever you put it into a word it becomes an u sound not an and when it's an english word mm-hmm. borrowed into german they actually do an i or an e sound today but um it's yeah an, right i was thinking about a word where a y is in there like or it's not an Lubian, Lubia. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All these things. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so right. it's an U sound. And and so you really start to see that a, a lot of these things that happen, happen because of the printing press. And I say this because not very different to stress now. The definition that Madeline had just given us to stress. Hmm. And I say this because of the Afrikaans ye, the y, is if you were to take the Y-E and read it, you might think ye. <laughs> and it's the same thing in French, je. Mm-hmm. In, in Icelandic, yeah. Uh, so you start to see these things now moving all over the place. And mm. in English, you. So now you start to see the y yeah in the beginning of it. And a lot of it had to do with uh, simpletons reading the Y and not knowing that it's supposed to be a specific sound or whatever they were doing with the printing press at the time, specifically as well with all the different dialects. And then we had at the same time with the printing press, we had all these harbors becoming huge. So you had all these different things happening in transition and language was evolving quickly. Mm. And so now we go back to the stress. Something was written down and was misunderstood because of the way that it was written down. Mm. And that actually ended up creating its own new thing based on the way that it was interpreted by the simpletons later on. Yeah, yeah. And then have to be readapted. 
So I find it to be, I've always said that there is so much truth in language when you start to see how it morphs and how it moves. Mm -hmm. You can actually just kind of throw history aside and just look, <laughs> look at, the at language, history yeah. through the adaption of language. Oh. And it's very fascinating. I'm not even I'm not even talking really about etymology. Mm. I'm not talking about the meaning of words in the language. I'm just talking about the phonetic dispositions and the way that things have morphed via writing and um, the oral uh, cultures and translations. It's it's unbelievable. So I, I that's why I love the story of stress because as you guys can see, I'm a bit of a language buff. <laughs> a language geek. I know. I, I, dude, I grammar like I when I was young, I, I French for me was a was a punishment, mm. and so I did my best to not retain any of that information as far as the grammatic stuff is concerned. And then later on, learning a couple other languages, it like it all just it started making sense, and I I ended up learning. My like my I guess my mother language would be English, even though I spoke French at home with my dad. Um, I ended up actually learning English properly when learning my third language mm. because it was the first time when I had to really say, uh, how does that translate and how does that work? And I needed to put it into context. And so let's put things into context now, Maddie, okay. uh, with stress, because I think this is where we're at now, where we're talking about context, fitness. Yeah. What does it mean now to be healthy and what does fitness mean and what does stress reducing fitness have to do mm. with this weird flip-flopping that we've been doing? <laughs> Flop flipping. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> with with the with the language and with everything else. Let's see. We I think we may have a couple questions here. Let's, uh, let's Yeah, I think they're coming. What does know. that say? All right. <laughs> to perhaps make things more confusing. Uh, I can't read it too well. It's very far away that monitor. I use the words uh I use the word stress to mean distress or pressure depending on the subject or yeah. context at hand. And that's funny because, I mean, when you even think of pressure, now we're getting back into the original origin of metallurgy. Yeah. Pressure, pressure applied onto pressure steel. Pressure onto something. <laughs> right? And distress, yeah. that's an interesting thing because typically dis is a negating word yeah. when applied uh, to another word. You know, yeah. dysfunction. It's not functional yeah. anymore. It's dysfunction. But now we're using distress mm -hmm. to explain the negative content mm -hmm. of stress, which is actually a really good way of, I think, um, putting that. And so that that would actually ensue almost that stress is a positive word and distress <laughs> is the negative opposite. What is then eustress? What's this? What is eustress then? Eustress? Eustress? Okay. There's a word in, in German called Eustress. Well, that doesn't exa exist in English. Oh, I, yeah, I was wondering, <laughs> Not that I know of. wondering about that because I never really found, like, there was one review paper where they really looked up the research about eustress and distress. That might be an old, that stress. might be just archaic, like it could have been something in English too, but yeah. um, I've never really heard of that in okay. an English context. Called positive stress. Anyway, so <laughs> going back to the fitness. Um, there yeah. we go. Fitness, I don't mean fitness, you know, if you are able to run the marathon or if you have uh, heart, work hard abs. <laughs> That's not what I mean with fitness. But more from a biological point of view, the biological fitness has to do with how much of your own DNA you're actually able to maintain through the generation. So how much of your DNA can you actually, um, yeah, uh, maintain by having kids? So how, you know, much, how much can be passed on to the next generation? Yeah, it's just like how much of your own genetic information... The gene pool. Gene yeah. pool stays within life, even after you are dead. Right. Dead, right? So, and that can go two ways. Either way, you are passing your genes directly to your offsprings, having children, or, and or, <laughs> 
your uh, um, relatives, like your sisters uh, or brothers, you know, the um, they have children as well because they also share with you the same mm -hmm. genetic information. You know, they also are children of the same parents. So you share like 50% mm -hmm. with the genetic um, information with your siblings. And you share, wait, wait, with your siblings, you share 100%. Um, no, you mean your offsprings would be 50%. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm thinking right of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a complicated Well, uh, the, the idea that you're getting at is that when you have a tribe, that if you yourself aren't having kids, that you're supporting the tribe uh, yes. to, and the people around you to have kids. But also, you know, if you're like your parents, you have your mother. Um, she had like the, the, the egg, right? With... 50% of her genetic information and then mm -hmm. you had the sperm cell from your dad with 50% of his information both were fusing together and made 100% so you are you know 50% dad and 50% mother mm -hmm. and then when you have kids you also need a partner for that that's why mm -hmm. you're not passing along all your information yep. but just parts of it right so but unless you is, marry your cousin yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's something else <laughs> that's something else <laughs> but this is the the main idea that the more of your own genetic information is it passed through the generations the better so mm -hmm. this is the goal of you know life to just have offsprings as many as possible mm -hmm. well it's also a, a, a mechanism used to adapt to yes. environments over time yeah, yeah yeah absolutely and so the idea is that stress always comes up when the fitness goes down and the fitness, what what do you need for you know making offsprings? You need the energy. You need you need to be healthy. And I think every woman out there might have you know already had that experience. I had it a long uh, while in my life, where when we work out too much, when we eat too little, our period goes away, right? right. And this is the the like one of the major signs of having stress because obviously if you don't have your period, you're not fertile anymore. So your fitness is down. Mm -hmm. And this is called so if you want to take it as a definition, you know, this is where stress starts because obviously your body um, has not enough enough energy for you to, you know, have all the reproduction going. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I've also learned that um, you have the fight or flight mode that kicks in. Yeah. And so what's happening is, is that obviously if your body believes that you're in flight, reproduction in that moment yeah. is not as important as yeah. surviving, fleeing from what danger is presenting itself. And if your body thinks there's no nutrition around, yeah. there's a lot of external strain, pressure, yeah. stress coming yeah. in. And for this reason, there must be danger. And, mm. and so all of a sudden, getting out of danger is the first priority. Yes, absolutely. And that's if you see it from that way, you know, whenever stress occurs in your body, it's actually a sign for your body that something needs to change because it can't keep up its highest mm -hmm. fitness. So this is where I started having that idea that um, stress is uh, a signal for us to change that stress wants to bring us back to our maximum fitness. And to have a maximum fitness, your performance needs to be well, you know, performance in terms of you, you are healthy, your, uh, you are, mm -hmm. your blood values are all good, like your heart rate as well. So mm -hmm. you are just healthy because this is the prerequisite for you to have a maximum fitness. And with, with that in mind, I, I kind of really built my book in that way where I thought, Okay, so if you see that with, for example, the rabbits in the city and from the rural area, the obviously they 
they are they had a lot of stress in the rural area because there was no food anymore mm -hmm. you know the predation was high there was no way for them to dig their burrow systems so they had not mm -hmm. enough vegetation and all these factors diminished their diminished their fitness so rabbits more and more were gone in the rural areas and one thing for them could have been to say okay well we are such a we are under so much stress here that we have to do something. Maybe we just go over there where the city starts. There is more food for us. There is more vegetation for us. There is less predation. Let's go there and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And you know, and then all of a sudden, the the populations were thriving again because stress showed them their way to a better place. Right. And that's what I thought. Well, we made us the same with us humans and with me in Frankfurt. Being there already gave me such a bad feeling <laughs> that I thought maybe it's not the right thing for me to be here. And if you also consider your emotional well-being as part of, you know, your fitness and your performance, then you can say whatever makes you upset already causes stress <laughs> in that regards. So it's always interesting to look at the circumstances in your environment, in your um, habitat, mm -hmm. if these things make you happy. Right, if then if they make you feel good. Well, and here's now a really interesting thing I find. Yeah. As you guys can see in the video cast, and just to say before we go on any further, we are again live Rockfin Rumble Twitch D Live Telegram <laughs> audio version Podbean. Later on, will be distributed to all the major audio platforms. You can write us comments, and we will put mm. we will integrate the comments into the live video feed if you are writing them via Twitch or D Live. If you'd like to watch the show via Rockfin or Rumble, um, or even listen to it on Podbean and ask questions, you have the option to do one of two things. I have the uh, Rockfin and Rumble apps or um, windows in front of me, so I can read out the questions when they do get asked. Yeah. And uh, if you find that you're watching Twitch on Twitch or DLive and you're on the couch and it's on the big screen and you don't want to bother with the keyboard and all that stuff, we have our Telegram feed for that reason. You mm -hmm. have Smart Home Stupid People channel, and within you also find the Smart Home, smart home Stupid chat. <laughs> Sign up to both of them and you will be notified for yep. all upcoming shows. And while we are live, we also see here the Smart Home Stupid chat that everybody can post questions in and uh, we will try to get to them as uh, you know in, 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 at an appropriate yeah. time. Right. So that's that for that. Hmm. Um, so you said you figured out the important yeah, thing. Important thing. Let's um, hear <laughs> As you guys can see in the live video version, I say that because if you're listening on Podbean, click into, uh, as I said a second ago, into one of the various video formats and you can actually <laughs> see what I'm about to say. Behind us, you can see four guitars, actually five. My you head know? is in a way. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and then there's a, there's a stuffed puppet of uh, Mogwai also in the middle, if you guys are wondering what that blurry thing is. Um, <laughs> That's gizmo. That's specifically it's Gizmo, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Not one of the mean ones. He's no. the nice. Uh, He's one mobile. of the nice gremlins. <laughs> uh, and so what what happens is what I want to get at is learning an instrument. Mm. Learning, um, oh man, my English words are just not there anymore. It's, I, I'm thinking in German more and more, and it's sometimes it's it's difficult. Uh, <laughs> ability is the word I'm thinking of. Oh, yeah. um, when you want to learn a new ability, mm. you're not gonna do it just right away. It takes mm -hmm. years to master how to play an instrument. Sometimes mm -hmm. the, the, even the idea of mastery doesn't really exist. You just can constantly learn forever. Yeah. Um, if you want to learn how to do a backflip, you're going to fall on your head a couple of times unless you know how to take the proper <laughs> steps to do it, right? And, 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 and so on and so forth. And so this means 
learning an instrument is stressful, specifically even for people listening to it when they don't want to, when they, when the person's learning to begin with. But in that regard, you have to ask yourself, what does that mean, stressful? Just because you learn an instrument doesn't mean that your fitness goes down, well, right? Well, let's take let's <laughs> take an example of that. Um, learning to play guitar. Yeah. I, I've been playing for so long that I don't have this anymore, mm -hmm. but I know people specifically mm -hmm. when I started, I started on the contrabass. Those are big strings, and, yeah. and 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 people get blisters and welts and sores okay. all over their fingers, and so there is a physical strain yeah. that occurs. The muscles get sore because they need to uh, uh, develop and adapt. Yeah. The nervous system needs to understand how to trigger all the little muscles, what we call the control muscles. Maybe it also makes you not so attractive to women who like uh, very nice and soft hands. So your fitness is already All this, going down. Yeah, <laughs> if, if you if you go to the if you go to the gym or you yeah. you know you're someone that likes to hang on monkey bars, you get uh, you know or, or you're a gardener, right? You yeah. get you get these nice big sores uh, and, and and a huge piece of callus here at the front <laughs> of your hand, right? And then you go yeah. to shake someone's hand and they can tell that you're a tradesman. And <laughs> if you have you know. Uh, soft little mushy hands, then uh, you go and you, someone will assume that you're like an architect or something. <laughs> you know? and that's, yeah. just, that's, just, that's just the way it is. We are built yeah. for our environments. Yes. And if you and alter your, sorry, if you yeah. alter your environment for a specific reason, you will change yourself to be built for that. And this is just a very essential um, aspect and principle of nature, you know. It has to do with adaptation. And this is where the whole stress thing now kind of finds is, is uh, I say that, the high point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that each time we, like something stressful, like a stressor comes to us and is not so bad that we die from it, but yet we are able to overcome and to change and to adapt to the new situation, well, then you are not the same person anymore that you were before the stress uh, situation, but you kind of grew from that. And this is the main idea that stress is nothing bad, but more like the, it's, it's something that, happens all the time to us it's essential um, part of life because life wants to evolve right mm -hmm. this is evolution it wants to um it wants to grow it wants to change itself and this is why yeah i think you have to find the the mm -hmm. a balance between just sitting around doing nothing you know living a very easygoing life with mm -hmm. no no stresses coming at you or just like constantly being on the run mm -hmm. constantly being stressed Right. Just I, find I have, a, I have a riddle for you. Oh no, I'm bad with that. <laughs> Tell me something that is certain. The uncertainty. <laughs> <laughs> Close. Yeah, it's that nothing is certain. Yeah. And it, it, that's 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 quite the same with uh, even saying, "Oh, you got a big smile." She's so happy that she like <laughs> she, she was like right on, right? <laughs> you know? I was thinking, "Oh no, what comes now? I don't need this. Like, I don't. I have to calculate some stuff." No, like, I it was easy. Yeah, uh, was it easy. was right up your alley. That's well, why actually, I said I thought, it. I think I told you that riddle. Well, uh, I've heard you say it in other regards. Yeah. That's why I figured right. it would be nice for you. Uh, you the <laughs> no. way that you've explained it in the past, I believe, specifically in other interviews, is that um, the Greek. Yes, it was uh, Empedocles, Empedocles. Oh, I, I don't know, know how to spell that guy <laughs> in English. But yeah, it was a Greek philosopher who came up with the idea that he said nothing is uncertain, uh, nothing is certain but the uncertainty. Kind of, I, it's loosely translated. But yeah. this I is think that he specifically said that everything is in flux. Yes, Something that this like is that. the only thing we can really count on that we, ca we can't count on anything because everything is always changing. moving, always changing. Yeah, this yeah. is the basically, you know, yeah. there's always change. You can try to look for constants, but uh, constants. Uh, co yeah. But uh, other than that, things are always moving. And yeah. I think it's our role uh, to adapt as they move. 
Yes, that's one thing. But also, I think right from the beginning is the essence also of my book that our feelings really guide us our way, our emotions, mm -hmm. because they are part of our performance as well. And just as a plant or an animal finds the right spot for them, you know, like especially plants, they have to be careful in where yeah, they... they can't exactly walk to where they want to go. No, but <laughs> yeah, but this is why when they fall down somewhere and, you know, you have a seat and it's kind of blue from the wind and it just falls somewhere, it will only start to germinate if the conditions are right. And because, it, you know, otherwise that, that process won't last very long. And I think this is what we can learn from nature as well, that wherever you are, make sure that there are some essentials <laughs> kind of covered for you, that you feel happy, that uh, people who are around you support you so that you are really have uh, a very, yeah, to say that like the your roots are deep, that you can put them deep into the soil. So mm -hmm. you become a very stable person that even if there's wind coming, mm -hmm. if there's heat coming, whatever kind of a stress factor is coming, that you are having enough energy mm -hmm. to, you know, go against it. Because just as with me in Frankfurt, once I left that city, I just felt so relieved. I, I knew right. that this is not the right place for me. And so... Remove the stressors. I removed Therefore, the stressors. remove the stress. And I think that was the, the biggest sign right from the beginning. Mm -hmm. I could have saved my hair. <laughs> I could have saved my, all the sleepless nights. Would have just like listened to it. And I think this is what stress can show you. It's getting worse and worse if you don't change anything. If right. you're not listening to the little signs. Yep. And yep. that's why whenever you have stress, take it as a as a um, beautiful sign from the universe for you that, you know, might change something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Felminator mm -hmm. says oh, that yeah. uh, in one of our previous episodes, we discussed Murphy's Law. Yeah. And I also mentioned in that episode how living in Berlin, uh, Madonna, um, she was uh, she was a pain in the ass. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, uh, you know, Berliners adapted. <laughs> and said, and all the limo drivers got together and yeah. said, "We're not, we're not gonna, we're not gonna support this chick anymore." To hell yeah. with her. She had to start coming to Berlin with her own limo driver, and yeah. that's a simple thing, uh, you know. Where um, if you're a pain in the ass, you'll be weeded out, mm -hmm. as she had just previously mentioned. She also mentioned in that comment that, uh, you know, she 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 has a couple colleagues, I believe, that she was saying. Um, a coworker of mine cannot handle change and he throws mm -hmm. tantrums. That's a big thing too. Tantrums are very interesting to what me. What is that? Tantrum is like when you um, violently, like a kid, ah, you know, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. You, you start just acting out and screaming yeah. and crying and whining and all these kind of things, right? Um, because you don't get what you want or because mm -hmm. things aren't the way that you mm -hmm, expect mm -hmm. them to be. Mm -hmm. And this is, I, it's a funny thing because I'm, I'm fully of the opinion that when you don't learn this Early on in life, mm. just as Felminator just mentioned, you will probably end up throwing tantrums <laughs> later on when you're 40 yeah. because you're still a child at heart who never got learned that uh, that, that things just don't work out that way. Yeah. Quite typically, those people are often single childs, just to put that out there. <laughs> not to not, mention not, that not, I'm one. Not talk, yeah, yeah, yeah. And look at her, it's just like, oh yeah, Maddie's a single child. Maddie doesn't throw tantrums. But I've seen that with a couple single children where it's like, <laughs> you, you, you're with a group of people and you like, you know, bring out cookies. And he's like, well, where's my cookie? Well, because obviously as a single child, the, the, the single child always got the first cookie, right? Yeah. They were the, Everything was always for them, huh. right? And so he's not used to having siblings that just steal everything from them. <laughs> And then they get nothing, right? Yeah. They have to learn that they're not always the alpha or the beta. Always the center of yeah. the world. You eat last. 
So, <laughs> right? <laughs> so this has been a fun episode. Is there yeah. anything else that you'd like to talk about? There was one thought. I just had it in my mind. No, it's gone. I, this is what the, yeah. what the paper is I know. I wanted to pick for, up the, you know? the pencil, but then I was already gone. It's just like, what's five seconds? And it oh, was, my God. <laughs> no. I know. But um, yeah, maybe maybe you can kind of wrap things up. And, and see it, if it comes back to if, you. If it's coming back, I'll, <laughs> I'll let you know. And if not, I'm just... All right. Well, you we know, were talking about weeding things out and, yeah. uh, you know, learning. I think that the, uh, the, the the real big thing to learn from this episode today, uh, as we have nicely dubbed stressful paradigms. Mm. Madeline had actually earlier asked, what is a paradigm? Yeah. Paradigm, um, I'm, I don't have a dictionary in front of me and I'm not going to bother with it, but um, loosely translated into the context I'm using it in because paradigm actually has a couple definitions and contexts that you could use it in. I believe that the origin of the word had something to do with um, like a pattern, comes um, from Greek or something mm -hmm. like that. So uh, meaning that if you um, if if you if you're in a specific paradigm, it means that you're in a specific type of pattern. You're in a you're in a like even you could almost look at it as like an epoch, but um, not necessarily uh, bound by time. Sometimes a paradigm can just be the way that you look at things, or um, uh, you know, when people say uh, a shift in paradigm or something like that, they're actually saying that the 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 at the environment has changed, mm. so that now we're in a completely new pattern, right? Where everything now has to be looked at in a different way. So that's kind of the, the origin and the context um, it, it, of paradigm, right? And so that being said, with uh, with this show being called Stressful Paradigms, um, it really is putting that into, into context mm -hmm. in the sense that we're talking about all these different patterns and environments that exist, right? And yeah. all these different patterns, environments that exist, they exist, but they're not equal, mm -hmm. you know, uh, in the sense that as we mentioned earlier, you have negative stress and you have positive stress. Yep. And then you have negative action, uh, reactions to them and positive reactions to them, depending on how they're put into context, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, it, sometimes you can have the exact same stressor that's applied to people and different reactions. Mm -hmm. And this is now one of these big things, you know, obviously with the whole COVID CAC over the last couple of years, you see a lot of that stuff being put out more and more and more, where Everyone's talking about what's safe and what's not safe, you know, what's stress and what's not stress. And I think it's actually very yeah. important because uh, to, to to kind of uh, clarify what we're talking about here or what uh, or I think it's very important for the world to understand what Madeline is talking about in her new book. So Whoa, go out the and whole buy world it. now. <laughs> well, de definitely, because look at yeah. uh, look around us. The entire world over mm -hmm. has legislated stress. Yep. They have decided what is good stress and what is bad stress, yep. and they're legislating it violently. And who's to say what's good stress and what's bad stress? Mm -hmm. Who's to say what's a good reaction and what's a bad reaction? Yep. This is now something where we're taking um, simple philosophy and at the same time a very simple context. Yeah. But uh, it, it's like like you said, nobody in the beginning wanted to define it, and mm -hmm. that's kind of like what I said in the before with when in doubt, spread confusion. Mm -hmm. And so now it's as if the ability to spread this much chaos and confusion is happening because of the amount of people who don't want to put it into context. Because if they do put it into context, they'll have to understand their own actions and reactions. Yep. And a lot of people, I think, unfortunately, 
do not. So that was my wrap up. Madeline wrote something down. So yeah. that means she has something to say. <laughs> How about back. you have the last word and we're going to be out of here for today. Yeah, it came back. So <laughs> I think also what I learned from the whole thing, writing the book and also being back in Frankfurt was one major thing that accept what is, you know, accept the situation. I back then didn't want it to realize that didn't want it to know didn't want to didn't want to <laughs> realize Our english is getting better with every episode you guys could, you guys could hear it <laughs> but this is a major mistake i always make and <laughs> <laughs> um, didn't want to there you go perfect no i forgot what i want to say um just look at the paper you wrote it down <laughs> I didn't want to accept that I didn't like Frankfurt. You know, I was like, oh, you know, it's not that bad. I even tried to mm -hmm. convince myself that, As you know, you're stepping over the people lying on the sidewalk with needles <laughs> poking out of them onto the station. As she's telling me that she had to tell all of her students yeah. that make sure you wear good gloves and don't just go digging into a pile of leaves yeah. because you might find needles. Yeah, uh, it was awful. Frankfurt's a shithole. Just accept it and it, move it on. It got better, but still, it was better. just not my city, right? Anyways. Yeah. But I, I always try to convince myself that, you know, it's, no, it's everything is all right. I don't want to go back to Berlin. I like it here. So that was the major mistake, if you want to call it like that. But something I learned from it, like really accept the situation, accept your emotions, accept what is, be honest to yourself. Uh, also a book I really like and want to recommend on that is Brett Blenton, Radical Honesty, where he also goes through really be honest tell others what you think and feel and even if they resent you for that <laughs> at least you're you know you're there's nothing for you to hide and that through that i think you really feel and figure out what you really want to want to do in life and where you really want to be and with whom you really want to be yep. and then the stress will eventually kind of also even out and you will just as we are here you know we kind of um, learn through all these exciting things and is maybe stress in the beginning, you know, you have to think about this, you have to put everything together. Or I think also, as you said, it's also a very individual thing. Other people might say, well, that would be way too stressful for me doing this there twice a week, having another podcast going on, writing a book, being full-time, <laughs> you know, employed. Like, how can you do all this? But for me, yes, sometimes it's stress but for me that's maybe if you want to call it a positive mm -hmm. stress it's just something that i like to do and i think this is go. really that you can follow in life find the things that you like to do and then just go with this and yep. if it's you know i don't know i'm i'm not really using that word stress anymore because it doesn't mean anything for me yeah well and this goes back to as yeah. i was mentioning a second ago why i think you can't legislate things based on stress because yeah. it's not the same for everybody that's absolutely that's so individual and you can see that you know you have some bacteria living in hot springs and they're all over happy yeah. <laughs> happy little bacteria or just put like a worm into it and it'll die in a second you know it's like there we are all different we mm -hmm. are all adapted to the things and that's why i think it's so important to find the stuff that you really like and that you are happy with yeah and yeah. i think that what you were talking about a second ago is honestly being honest with yourself and not trying to um dilute or or um change what you're looking at yeah. so that you can uh, absorb it better yeah right? change the reality you know that's try right. to make things better than they are try to and i think that's what you meant is when you said to accept things is to actually not just accept things but to not actually look at something and tell yeah. yourself maybe it's better than i give it credit yes. yeah it no just, really be you know, honest right be so, honest yeah be honest that's right absolutely all right everybody cool this has been a fun episode yeah very nice very nice was it stressful no <laughs> <laughs> but although I'm, I kind of also, you know, like to 
Relax now. <laughs> okay, we're going to go and relax now. So for all of you guys out there, we are live, as I've previously mentioned, yeah. Rockfin Rumble, Twitch. Oh, i got to get rid of that thing so I can read it properly. Mm. DLive, Telegram, and in audio form on Podbean. If there are any questions, now's your chance. Yes, let us know. And also, if you have a topic you would like us to talk about, you know, just maybe send mm -hmm. us an email. Do we have a... Email for smart home stupid people yet? No. No, not really. But um, no. maybe that's something we could think about. Actually, the best mm. way to get a hold of us will be through um, madlinsega.com. Yeah. Madlinsega.com. Right. And then obviously there's my website, which is biomusicproductions.com. And um, there you can uh, send us messages and chats and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Maybe. That's something that's good to think about. We'll do that. Uh, we'll do huh. that for maybe next time. You know, we started smart home stupid people. Um, we, we thought it might just be like a one or two off um, episode or thing, right? And um, it, <laughs> Now it's a thing thing. Well, we enjoyed it. I yeah. think that's the, that's the thing. Is we did a couple of them. We're just like, told you. this is so right. Yeah. You know, and then and then it led into some really cool stuff like uh, yeah. being on Freeman. Fly is free zone. Really cool. And um, who knows? Who knows? What else? Exactly. Comes? Yeah. Maybe also on my website, just to ha make a little advertisement here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, Christmas is approaching soon. <laughs> Here, I can, I can pull, need, it up. Let's yeah, pull it up. Yeah, if you need some presents or something, like I have t-shirts with um, my rabbits and drawings for myself. I also have drawings that I drew myself, obviously. So a little artwork of the rabbits or like a bumblebee, <laughs> these kind of things. My book, Nature's Never Silent, I have three copies left in English, but I think you can also just order them online wherever. Yeah. The the English copies yeah, or just go to the local bookstore of your trusts and then <laughs> if you'd like a signed version, yeah. you can order it directly from Madeline, but yeah. um we're just not sure how much that'll cost with shipping and all that crap. That really North depends America. on yeah, yeah, where it where to put that stuff and but yeah, in any case, if you have any questions or uh, topics that we could could talk about in the um, smart home stupid people show let us know there you that go. was a nice rhyme <laughs> <laughs> was it I, I wasn't paying attention yeah, all yeah. right everybody all right have yourselves a lovely evening weekend yeah. we will be here wednesday next sunday is canceled because uh, madeline's not going to be around she's yeah. going to be um working uh, in west germany somewhere so west germany that exactly so way exciting. way west exactly <laughs> so yeah. we'll see you guys wednesday this has been a fun episode yeah. smart home stupid people until next time keep well bye bye Bye-bye. <laughs>